0: Go Ask Alice is a show intended for adult audiences, because adults want to learn too. Sometimes we cover sensitive material, so please take care of yourselves, and listener discretion is advised. Now on to the show. Hello internet friends, and welcome back to another episode of Go Ask Alice, the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you wonderful factoids from our adventures in Wiki Wonderland. I'm Drew, and this week I'm a sick boy. Anyway, Hello. with me is... <laughs>
1: I'm Lindsay, and I've recently gotten into eco-bricking. Eco- what? What the what? what? Yeah, you take a type one water bottle or something like that, and then you cut up all of the labels that you can't recycle, and you pack the water bottle solid until it's a brick, and people will use them for building projects. Neat. Wow. Yeah, check it out. It's really cool. That
2: should be its own topic. Uh, And I'm Gene, and the amount of poop I had to deal with this morning was traumatizing. (laughs) That's not... (laughs) Was it human poop? I'll never tell you.
0: Mm. (laughs) Mm. Mm.
1: This is the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes every week. We all start on the same wiki page, and we wander around the internet in search of something metrically fascinating that we are bursting to share with each other and with all of you. We've also gotten in the habit of sharing them on the spoilers channel of our Discord. If you want to come tag along, you can find the link in our Twitter, Go ask Alice Pod. There is a link tree where you can find a permanent invite to the Discord. And I'm happy to report that all of our hints were really good this week because I don't think anyone got them right when they guess and looking at your guys pictures I have no idea nope. this week we started on insight you know that kind of magical realization of knowledge that people have. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where did everybody end up
2: Um. I'll go first I ended up do you know what the mirror test is oh I know what that is yeah
1: maybe yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I knew about it loosely and then I started reading that I was like ooh this is interesting.
1: Okay. So, so okay. the
2: alternative name is mirror self recognition.
1: Okay, that test. makes more sense. That's yes. clearer. Okay, Drew.
0: I ended up on perception. Perce- Ooh, what? We love These- perception. One of my favorite topics ever from psychology. It's so cool. I was I I read it and I was like I gotta gotta talk about this. Yes.
1: Both of yours sound very psychological.
2: Definitely. Well, I mean, it's it it was based off of insight. So yeah. That's true. I don't think we wandered too far. No, so we didn't. I, far I think at all. mine was two clicks.
1: Oh my god! Wait, so was mine. I just checked. Mine was two clicks.
2: Oh
0: my gosh! All right, good mine, topic. Mine then. was like three. So
1: yeah, yeah. Wow, that was a good start, page. I'm gonna talk about minced oaths. What minced oaths? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> minced oaths. But before we do. We are beholden to talk about the question of the week, answer the question of the week. Normally, that's Sarah's whole thing. So I think that leaves you, Gene. Do you want to introduce our question of the week?
2: Oh, I don't I don't know what it is officially word for word, but I can kind of Go paraphrase. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our question of the week is, um, how and why did you end up on the username that you currently use?
1: Yeah. So why Sponsy, Gene?
2: Why Schwanzi? Oh, that—that that is the million-dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay, so I guess a little, not really a backstory, but here, here's my, like, random all-over-the-place thought pattern for this. I was a few years ago looking for something fun, and I was like, I wonder what the word penis translates into with other languages. And so <laughs> Schwanz, without the E, or the I on the end, Schwanzi, Schwanz. In Yiddish means penis or low life scumbag. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's fucking hilarious." Let's make it cute by tossing an eye on the end. Shvansi, that's great. So it's kind of like it's got the whole like, "Ha, penis, low, low, low life scumbag," but also it's cute sounding, and no one knows any better. So
1: <laughs> I love that I do not <laughs> know that at all.
2: Also, apparently, I don't. I can't find it again, but I remember like researching it before. I was like, "I'll commit to this username. It's funny." Apparently Schwanz. I don't know if it's Yiddish or in something else, but like at one point in history for a very short time was used as like a way to describe a very like fancy condescending rich gay man. And I was like, absolutely, let's go.
1: That's <laughs> like a dandy or like a macaroni. Yes.
2: yes. So I was wow. like, fuck yeah, let's go. Schvanzi, done.
1: I love that. Yep. Yep. Drew, what about you?
0: Oh, Immunogoblin? Yeah. That one, oh my God. So that was high school. Um, It was a biology class. And I was not paying attention because I'm an asshole sometimes. (laughs) And um, the teacher kept on talking about immunoglobulins. Oh, yeah. It just kept on talking about that. And then when I got a test on it, I I just saw that and I was like, Immunogoblin? What? What the fuck are immunogoblins? And I realized like <laughs> I'm not reading this right. And then I drew little immunogoblins on the on the page because I was what? like, this is adorable. I love that. And so that's how Immunogoblin was started. It was it was just me misunderstanding a a a word that the professor was saying or teacher was saying. As a <laughs> as a like lover you. of goblins, I love that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, my, the username I use the most often is That's So Metal. Until recently, Michelle <laughs> read it as That's Some Tall. Uh, so I guess it's the other way. We well, got <laughs> you all those
2: letters, uh, capital, lowercase mixtures and the numbers in there.
1: It's I, got oh, yeah. like a zero and a three. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> uh, excuse uh, yourself. But- <laughs> That happened because I was—I think it was my first year of college. I overheard somebody instead of saying, "Oh my God, that's so meta," they just kept saying, "That's so metal," and like (laughs) everybody thought it was so funny. And I didn't really think it was that funny, but when it came time to making a username, I guess you know, not long after that, I was like, "Oh,
2: divine
0: inspiration, metal."
1: Yeah, insight.
0: Um, and there you go.
1: But what's become very cool about it is that within the last few years, so that was about it was over 10 years ago I overheard her. Um, I bumped into her on some on like a train platform at my <laughs> university. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh, my God, do you remember me? Blah, blah, blah. By the way, I've been quoting you as my username for the last 10 years. Yes. And <laughs> she was deeply honored, I would like oh, good. to thank yeah. Oh, you would like to think <laughs> you just well, you I just, just type that
2: on real quietly there at the end.
1: Yeah, I want to imagine. But we have some <laughs> other uh, user submissions. And they're very interesting. So, Muggle Watcher, our OG patron and our best friend, probably ever finally explained his username. And I always thought it was like some kind of way of talking about lurking or something like that. But it's actually because when the Harry Potter books came out, people used to tell him that he looked like the illustrations, like the, the real like original oh. Harry Potter. Um, so that's where Muggle Watcher came Phil from. be
2: Muggle. <laughs> uh,
1: Geist. I, I loved this cause I learned something new. Geist explained their username and, uh, Part of it came from what I think is an oblique reference to the insane clown posse. (laughs) Uh, But uh, (laughs) I looked up the the German word for insane, which is Geisteskrank or spirit ill or literally ghost is sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there,
2: Krankenwagen, like that's ambulance.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
2: Krank, yeah. Oh, shit.
1: So spirit sick. I guess or ghost sick. Uh, being the D and D character, I'm reading this all out of order. Geist had a female D and D character named Minerva, and so put together Ooh. Minerva Geistus like shortened was Mini Geist, and that's where Geist Mini Geist came from. Cake mastermind. Well, I think it's a little self-explanatory. Loves cake and wanted to. Uh, increase it's a, in his own words lacks character so it needed to be paired with something to bring out the flavor like pairing sweet chocolate with tangy raspberry mastermind Ooh. seems to hit the spot just right yeah it's a good, <laughs> good fun play on <laughs> okay, words mastermind Oops. so thank you everybody for answering your questions of the week if you would like to answer you can follow along on twitter or um, sometimes we're good about putting it on Instagram, but also always in our Discord. So come hang out, especially because Twitter is sorely broken right now. So what order do we want to go in this week? Hmm. Do you want to split up? Wait, are we all like psychological things or? No, mine, if anything, is um, a little bit of language and a little bit of history. It's very just nerdy.
0: Yours is a test. How, and yours is how a concept. Do... Mine is a concept. back baby
1: Mm. okay so yeah would it make sense to do drews as like an um what would you call it like background and then gene as an ex? is like how related are your two topics i'm wondering if it makes sense to put them next to each other
2: Uh, you could argue there's perception in mine but like not to the level that drew's gonna go with i'm talking about animals in mine yeah not people Because people are stupid. Not not the people listening though. They're amazing.
1: (laughs) 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 Okay, Um, you want to do like a psychology sandwich? Sure. Mm -hmm. Is that okay?
0: Yeah, works for me. Wait, what
1: what
2: order? What
0: order is that then?
1: That would be Drew, me, you. Unless you want to unless you want to reverse it. I don't know.
0: I'm so ready to talk about perception. Go okay, ahead, okay. I'm like perception so ready. Perception is a good
2: opening broad category, like topic, so yeah, it's a good one.
1: What is perception?
0: What oh. is perception? Well, first I wanted to start off by saying I started on a concept, and you know, I get to define my topic again and just nerd out about something that I find uber cool. So I'm happy. I'm very happy right now. So perception, I think we're all a little bit inherently aware of what perception is, Um, because just to even hear me say the word perception, you are literally perceiving what I'm saying and interpreting it as a word or a concept. So I say perception, you have an idea of what it might be. And that's, that's you literally perceiving me saying, uh, I don't know, it's getting meta. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, um, yeah, you got
0: it. So let me clarify a little bit. So perception specifically is the organization, identification, and interpretation of sensory information so as to understand the presented information or environment. So that's, that's very hand-wavy and kind of like, ooh. So I wanted to break it down a little further just to hopefully clarify it a little bit, um, is that perception is basically taking in all of the information from your five senses and then your brain interprets that information and decides what to do about that said information. Mm-hmm. Like your ears are, are taking in the sound waves information that I'm outputting and interpreting those sound waves as words and in the greater context, a statement. So that's, that's kind of, what perception is. is just like you taking in your environment and or a specific target and saying, what's happening here? I'm sure a few people are like, duh, you're talking to me like I live in stupid town, but I just really wanted to get everyone on the same page about the concept that I find pretty hand wavy. So let's talk about what perception actually involves. So perception involves signals that go through the nervous system, which take in physical or chemical stimulations of the sensory system. So basically, you have your, your nervous system, and your nervous system is, going, is taking in your sensory systems, and that's all going to the perception systems, which is your brain, your brain bits. Um, and I, I really didn't want to get too bogged down in, in the nervous system because it's super rad, but I just think it's way too complex for us to just, like, talk about in, like, 30 seconds. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point anyway. But the extremely neat part about perception is that it is not only about passive reception of signals, it is specifically shaped by the recipient's learning, memory, expectations, and even attention. So if you think about um, what I like to think about is uh, a car alarm, if you hear it going off for a very long time, all of a sudden you stop perceiving it. You start, you know, you start tuning it out a little bit. And that's, yeah. that's where attention really comes in is that you're literally tuning something out and saying, oh, well, you know, I, that's not important to me. And your brain just kind of switches off and, like, turns the volume down on it until the point where you basically don't even hear it. So that's that, all, you... like the... – Or, like, go on. Annoying birds in the morning. Yes. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> oh, my
1: God. <laughs> you can't say that. There's right. birds listening right now. <laughs> so are you, are, are what you're saying, Drew, is that we can choose – what we want to perceive. It's not always a passive process.
0: So there's a lot of debate about that. <laughs> um, okay. there, there's um, people who say that it's a passive process. People say it's an active process. I kind of sit in the middle and say that you can, it's kind of like breathing where you can think about it and you, know, mm. you can control your breathing. Yes. You can also control your, your, your perception. But like normally you can just like, passively perceive things if you just let it happen.
1: Yeah, that's a really great analogy.
0: Yeah, do, do you want to focus on it or do you
2: want to let it passively go by?
0: Just like go by, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then I just think per- perception is an extremely complex function of the nervous system, but perception is performed outside the conscious awareness, which is just like completely nuts to me that we just like subconsciously just like pull it in. I mean, this is this is kind of believing that that it's a passive process, but um, I mean, we, we don't really have to put effort into perceiving our environment. We just kind of do it. You know, it's it's like constantly just happening. Wait, Drew. Are, yes. Are you going to go into our perception of reality? I really wanted to. <laughs> I know that's I, super complex and philosophical. That's so philosophical. I really wanted to keep it more towards the science side of okay, perception. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but I'm perception glad. of reality, I fucking love that. <laughs> Is this a simulation? <laughs> exactly.
1: I was going to ask if perception – is kind of um I don't want to say against, but it's almost like it's at odds when like you're meditating so coming back to the breathing example if you told me yes. to hold my breath, I could stop breathing on uh, like focused. so when you meditate and you're trying to like clear your mind, are you forcing yourself to stop perceiving but then again you can have brilliant insights or kind of eureka moments or just grand realizations hmm. when you do keep your mind silent. So is it possible to stop perceiving?
0: I don't know if it's possible to stop perceiving, but we'll kind of get into this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of things end when you die. The (laughs) greatest
1: stopper of all. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I would say that it's, it's, I don't know if it's, I would say it's impossible to stop perceiving things, but I would say that what you can do is you can turn everything down, like you, you can turn all your attention down so that everything you, you are perceiving is basically just being ignored by your brain. So I think that's something you could do if you are very, very good at meditation. But I know I'm terrible at it and, and like, you know, thoughts are still going on and, and, you know, things around me are still distracting me. So I would say that it's, it's a, to me it's very difficult, but I, I think you, you not couldn't, I don't want to say you could turn everything off, but I think you could turn a lot of it off.
1: Yeah, or like you said, I think it was very fair to say you could turn it down.
0: Yeah, you turn it down. I think a lot of this is just literally turning things down. Yeah. So one very interesting thing that is brought up by the article is that senses are typically viewed as passive receptors, which is like, you know, that's pretty cool in itself. But when you look at visual illusions or ambiguous images, like the ones I've I've posted in Discord that are weird... You know, the ones that like have two faces in them and you see one thing, typically you see one face or whatever, and that's like, Oh, it's your personality, you know, you know, those ones. Mm-hmm. Like um, those
1: crosswords that have a million words in them. And it's like the first three words you see are going to describe your year. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And then it's always like death, sex, murder. De-
0: <laughs> <laughs> but basically those ambiguous images demonstrate that your perceptual systems are actively and preconsciously attempting to, to make sense of inputs. And so even before your brain, like even before you think about looking at those images, your brain is already trying to piece together what's in those images. And that's why they're, they're so cool to us is because like, you know, your brain is kind of immediately doing something and it's like, wait, no, I have to think about this and look at this a little bit more. So it's kind of really cool that it like, it has a a pre-conscious attempt to make sense (sighs) of the input.
2: Oh my God. This is, this is a little off topic, but I just recently read something where, you know how like. You, you think you're in control of everything with your brain process. Apparently, your brain, before you even think and begin to process, has already made a decision half the time. And you just like involuntarily, well, not voluntarily, involuntarily follow it. Oh, as, so as, you're if, saying... as if your brain is like a separate entity from you, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. It's crazy. I was like, that's crazy. no, 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 no. reality isn't real.
1: <laughs> so your brain oh makes the God. decision, but the rest of the thought process is connecting the dots.
2: More or less, yeah. You're just, like, following up on what your brain instantaneously went to.
1: Yeah.
2: Before you think you consciously made that decision yourself. To
1: me, that's intuition. When you have, like, a gut sense about something. And whether or not, you know, your brain has pieced together why. It's just yeah. kind of, like, the determination. And then the supporting evidence follows.
0: Oh, I love this shit. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. no, No, it's so cool. I think that's – I think it's really – That kind of hurt me. I was like, my brain is like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. So Um, actually speaking of pain, um, the picture that you posted in the discord just to describe it really quickly at a glance, your immediate conclusion is that's an elephant. But when you look closely, the spaces between the elephant's legs are illustrations of elephant's legs. So it's your brain just so everybody who isn't looking at it right now can see it. Um, also probably a good time to mention that all of our visual aids, I put for the patrons on our Patreon. So if you don't want to sift through Twitter and you don't want to sift through discord, it'll be there with the episode all packaged up neatly on our Patreon. Uh, But in this case, (laughs) yeah, just of those little
0: little little. packages. (laughs) Yeah. Like a
1: little, little love note in your lunch. Love you. Have a good day at school. Love you. Great. Here's an elephant with no legs. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) Um, yeah, the elephant has like you look at it and you're like, "That's an elephant," and then the more that you look at the details, you're like, "That actually doesn't make sense." As I'm trying to really piece out the, the mm-hmm. details the itself. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I actually think sometimes you'll see brain teasers on the internet that are like the first and last letter of a word are correct, and people scramble up the middle words, and you can still yes! read the sentence. Read, yeah. Is that kind of the same thing? Like your brain is, is perceiving without actually Hmm. following through the cause and effect?
0: I think the, it's funny that you say cause and effect. Um, but I think what's happening is it's literally your brain just kind of, um, I think, I think you're right. It's your brain literally perceiving the beginning and end of that and saying, and just filling in the rest because we're going to talk about how, how wild your brain is a little bit, (laughs) but, um, your brain's, your brain's fucking wild. Um, (laughs) But as I said, there's a big debate as to if perception is an active process and some believe that it's actually like based off of hypothesis testing, like not specifically hypothesis testing, but like an, if then the, if then statements that we made when we were little kids, when we first learned the scientific method, it's kind of like, if I see these things together, that means that it's this, it's like, if then sort of statements. And that's, that's a very active process. And some people believe that that's, that's kind of the, how your brain works. Uh, when it comes to perception, and then others say that that real sensory information is quote-unquote rich enough to make this active process unnecessary, where rich in this statement basically means that it has enough information for it so that you don't have to process it at all. It's literally your brain just goes, oh, okay, I get what's here. And that's like, just like, mm-hmm. just from sensory information. And so people believe it might not be an active process. It could be an active process. And I, as I said, I, I kind of sit somewhere in the middle of that. Wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. You know what this is reminding me of? You know, Remember in middle school or maybe even elementary school for Halloween, they'd blindfold you, make, your, make you put your hands into a bowl of peeled grapes
1: yeah, like, yeah,
0: eyeballs. because
2: oh. <laughs> your brain's like, oh, I know what this category, categorically is based on, like the sense of touch and yeah. like what, like shape and whatnot. But you're wrong, brain. You stupid piece of shit.
0: Sorry. We'll actually, All we'll right.
2: we'll, we'll, t- <laughs> we'll,
0: talk, we'll talk about why why your brain actually does that a little bit because Ooh. there's there's a few theories on it. But what I wanted to talk about now is the that the really cool part about the, the perceptive systems that I've been talking about is that it enables us to see the world around us as stable, even though our sensory information we receive from our senses is typically incomplete or rapidly varying. Mm. Like if we like to think about peripheral vision, which is another fucking nuts topic, oh, I would shit. love to yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. peripheral vision, but it's it's your brain is just kind of making shit up based <laughs> yes. on what it sees. It's yeah. just like you have your central vision and then your brain is just making up what what's, what's around it. And so that's kind of your perception is based off of your brain just kind of piecing together all this information you get from your eyes. And then your brain just goes, okay, I'll make up the rest. And then you, you have your peripheral vision. Yeah. So that's just like completely nuts to me that, that we have this just ability to do this. Um, and I'm sure we'll at some point do a segment about it, but that's just wild to me. Um, and then another very interesting ar- thing that the article brings up is that our brains are structured in a modular way in that different areas process, different things or different kinds of sensory information. And these sections, uh, which literally can be mapped across a brain surface, are interconnected and influence each other through how we perceive things. For example, we have taste and smell being strongly linked, which is why you hold your nose when you don't want to taste something. Or you give your big old favorite meal a big old whiff right before you eat it. Ew. Ew. <laughs> mm. yeah. Exactly. Activate those you olfactory do. nerves. Yes, yes. Um, but that's that's enough about the brain.
1: It's really, I mean, I, I wish that it was the whole episode because I want to keep thinking about it. <laughs> Wait, is it
2: over? Is it over? Are we done? Yeah, We're that's pre- it. No! That's it.
0: <laughs> I want more. <laughs> okay. You wanted more perception? I
2: wanted more perception. I'm
0: that's sorry. Like a, I know, we got to keep it kind of short. We yeah. got to keep it moving. All right. Next time.
1: Now for something completely different <laughs> Minced Oaths. Have, okay, have you guys ever, like, watched, a, like, a movie or, like, an older movie that's, like, don't mince words with me?
2: Like uh, I say? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah. So, like, in that kind of context, it it means, like um like, say what you mean or don't waste my time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get of. to the point. Yeah, exactly. A minced oath is actually a category of words or phrases that disguise or are, serve as an alternative for what they truly mean. So I'm going to give you an example and you're going to be like, oh, fuck. All right. <laughs> Have you ever said gosh instead of God? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Have you ever said darn instead of damn? Yes. Yeah. All of these are minced oaths. Have you ever said G's instead of Jesus? Yep. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's a minced oath. Let me also quick sidebar. Um, Wikipedia needs to change the way that they spell G's because oh, I very much almost G? came to you guys and said, "Hey, jizz is another word for Jesus." <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow!
1: Only the facts here on the show. <laughs> I, or um, another another one that I meant to say also is heck instead of hell. All of these darn heck jeez, and hell these are minced oaths and i wanted to talk about the history of some of these minced oaths and why we say them but i wanted to ask you guys first have you ever had a situation where i don't know like you're at the diner or whatever and you're like chatting with your friends and then all of a sudden up over the booth you see that there's like a kid standing up and you're like Oh, I've been cursing oh. this whole time. I gotta change. Life. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess
2: I'm kind of like, like, what the fuck are you staring at, you little shit? Oh my
0: god. I don't.
1: Well, no, I don't know about you, but I change the way I talk.
0: Do you? Mm-hmm.
1: When I, I like, what are some, what are some common replacements you guys will use instead of curse words? Maybe even like around your coworkers. Like there have been plenty of times where I've like fucked up at work and I go, oh shoot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I use
0: frickin' a lot. Frickin'? Frickin'. That's a good one. I'll say
2: F this, F that instead of actually using the word fuck sometimes.
1: That's 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 another very common one. All of these are minced oaths. Oath being like, damn it to hell, like, you know, an oath of like... (laughs) An oath. (laughs) (laughs) A declaration. Yeah. (laughs) Minced declarations is probably better. All right. So the most common ones that I already talked about actually... I thought for sure these were going to come from like medieval times or something like that when it was like extremely blasphemous. Gosh, and actually darn were first recorded in the late 1700s. Wow. wow. Okay.
2: Wait, is, is I've dang felt... one of them as well? Like instead of I, darn, you could say dang.
1: I didn't look into the history of dang. I don't okay. know if that would be any older but I um was even more shocked to hear that "heck" is from 1865.
2: Not bad, not yeah. bad.
1: And before I get really like underwhelming about it, I was <laughs> interested in digging into like why, why, why is it that these things that are just so common in our language, why did they come about in the 1700s or as recently as that? What changed? And one of the sources I found that was actually a blog from one of the dictionaries, I don't even remember, I think it was Britannica or something, some some dictionary blog, was talking about how there was kind of a sh- cultural shift happening in Britain and in the America uh, American colonies at that time, that was kind of transitioning into what we now look back on as like the really uptight Victorian era. But just preceding that, it was a little bit more loose and blasphemous. So these minced oaths or these euphemisms kind of came in at a time that society was becoming more and more proper and they didn't uh. want to be actually saying god damn it or damn it to hell or fuck you okay, so it okay. was a, a cultural shift into being proper and polite in society so we're going to play a game we're going to play a reverse engineering game I'm going to give you a minced oath and you have to tell me what we are avoiding Say it. What was more not saying? (laughs) Okay.
0: So we have to be be the blasphemous ones. Yeah, you guys
1: are going to blaspheme. Right
0: up my alley.
1: (laughs) I love to blaspheme. Let's start with an easy one. Judas Priest. Jesus Christ. There you go. Ding, ding, ding. Hey. Jesus Christ. That's where Judas Priest comes from.
2: (laughs) Oh, let's go. Let's
0: go.
1: This one's tough. Bloody or blooming?
0: Fucking. No nope. damn, goddamn.
1: No, believe it or not, bloody comes from by our lady, referring to Mary.
2: What? Oh wow. Okay. Get the fuck out of here.
1: For real, and I, I mean, never get realized... the f
2: out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I never realized that. Like, I think that uh, I think Australians kind of will typically say bloomin', like more bloomin'. Than bloody, but they come from the same thing. They both mean by our lady. It, bloody is more
2: like uh, like UK, right? Like Yeah. You hear it in Harry Potter all the time. That's bloody brilliant.
1: Yeah, or or like bloody hell. Like I hear that. Bloody in hell. The yeah, yeah yeah, all yeah, the time. yeah, yeah. Bloody hell by Our Lady. Wow. All right. This one's a tough one because it's several degrees removed. Have you ever heard the old-timey phrase, gadzooks?
2: Gadzooks? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: that's Goddamn, right? It. Almost. It's got oh. God in it.
2: Huh. What else is there other than goddamn? <laughs> goddamn it!
1: No, that, I find this a... one particularly blasphemous. Actually, go <laughs> <I can laughs> for it. It's go- "gadzooks" means "God's hooks," which is a slang way of referring to the nails that held up Jesus. Oh <laughs>
0: shit!
1: <laughs> Wait, so you're saying
2: back in the day people were saying "God's hooks."
1: Yeah. Oh, Or that's what they wanted to refer to. So, Gadzooks to me is like such a 50s kind of like gee whiz. Like, yeah. Gadzooks. And
0: Gadzooks. Is they're
1: literally like fuck. Jesus' fucking nails. <laughs> and I saved my favorite for last. This one is impossible. We'll see about that. Poppycock. Poppycock. I love poppycock. I sometimes still say it. Poppycock. Um... Did you even know that was? I always thought that was just a, a nonsense word.
2: I thought. Uh, me too. Uh, bullshit. Poppycock is bullshit.
1: Oh, you are you are not far off. Actually, I would I would give you the Horse point shit? for that. Well, <laughs> Drew, do you want to hmm. give it? A, a Let's guess? see.
0: Poppycock. Poppycock. Um, so bullshit is close. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: Does it have anything to do hmm. with a peacock?
1: No, I thought I totally thought okay, so. Okay. No.
0: I have n- I have zero idea. I've got zero idea.
1: It actually comes from the phrase papi cack, which I guess hey. I'm mispronouncing. It's Dutch for soft poop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Di- Diarrhea. Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> Love that. So believe it or not, even though these phrases which are hilarious in themselves, even though they were invented to get around saying bad words, It sometimes even the phrases themselves were still considered offensive. So, for example, mm-hmm. uh, if I were in court or something, I probably wouldn't want to be cursing in front of the judge. Mm-hmm. And I would probably, even just in the interest of being proper, I probably still wouldn't even say things like heck. Even though heck isn't really offensive, it's a little Dude. bit more...
2: Sorry, anecdotal, real quick. Second grade, uh, I said in class, like, in a private conversation with friends near my teacher, I said, what the heck? And she pulled me aside immediately and was like, you don't say that. And I was, like, traumatized. And everyone was saying heck, because it's, like, it's the the safe way to say hell. Or, like, what the hell? Even, Even though hell isn't even really that bad of a word. But, like, she pulled me aside. And literally for, like, a year or two after that, anytime anyone said heck, I was like, you can't say that. You can't say that.
1: <laughs> I'll tell you, I wasn't allowed to say fart. Oh no, that's the only, my mom. That's the only... My mom told me it was a bad word. And I had to say toot.
2: Oh toot, I like toot more anyway. Oh, toot. Toot's better.
1: And I had to. I also corrected my friends. I'd be like, "Don't say yes. fart. You're supposed to say toot."
2: Because it's like they like just being called out on it is low key traumatizing.
1: It is it because you don't want You weren't trying to do anything wrong, and you weren't right. saying he double hockey yeah. six like you were saying. <laughs> heck,
0: heck, whoa! Ooh.
1: But I'm glad that you brought up that anecdotal story because, as recently as 1941, a judge held somebody or threatened to hold somebody in contempt of court for saying "darn." What
0: the fuck? <laughs> really. Really? That's fucking, that's something. I
1: think darn isn't nearly as bad as heck.
2: None of them are bad. You could even say damn, like, whatever. That's not, that's not like a hard curse word or whatever. Damn. Well,
1: here was my favorite example of such, you know, disagreement. In 1550, it was considered similarly blasphemous to say St. Chicken. St. Chicken? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what people would mm. replace like by saint chicken like to say and people still found it blasphemous
2: so dumb Ugh,
1: I hate people
0: <laughs> saint chicken jeez
1: saint chicken but yeah that was my that was my topic I know it was kind of a short one today um I guess maybe even as a bonus I went down a, several different rabbit holes to collect these examples and I found out a dark secret of one of our childhood rhymes that also has one in it.
0: Ooh, ooh, okay.
1: Have you ever done "Eeny, meeny, miny, moe"? Yeah. Catch a tiger by the toe.
0: No toe. Right.
1: If he hollers, let him go.
2: Is it hollers?
1: No, it's tiger.
2: What? Wait a minute. What is tiger for? Oh, is that tiger
1: (gasps) used to be the N word? I knew it! I knew it! Why? I don't know. And you know what's fucked is that I, I actually went down, I almost made this my topic, was the history of that childhood rhyme. Nobody yeah. knows where it came from, and it is many, many hundreds of years old, no matter like what sort of route you take. It's a really old rhyme, and it has fascinating different um, realizations of it that are in many different languages. And for some reason recently, as in the last couple hundred years, and in the Americas, it was changed to be so offensive. It did not originate that way. It was made that hmm. way, and then changed back to being less offensive. What? Yeah. That's
2: crazy. Well, hmm. back to I hate people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Gadzooks.
0: Gadzooks. Poppycock. Oh my
1: God. Yep, thanks for my pee-pee-poo-poo moment. Let's go back to psychology
0: yay
2: yeah, yeah. my turn so if you recall I did the mirror test also known as mirror self recognition and the red spot technique Ooh, where does the red Ooh. spot come into play we'll yeah. get to that <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I'm going to refer to it as the MSR because I'm not going to say mirror recogni- recognition, self recognition technique over and over and over and over, and over again because that's going <laughs> to drive me insane so the MSR right it's a behavioral experiment developed in 1970 by a person named Gordon Gallup Jr. And he used <laughs> it to determine if animals have the capacity for visual self recognition. And this is going to be important throughout because you have to remember this is just visual. Um, he was inspired by guess who? Who's, who's, who's a big, who's a big ant? No, 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 no. Animal man. Animal <laughs> man. Steve Evolutions. Irwin. No, oh,
1: Darwin, yeah,
2: yeah, it's Charles Darwin. <laughs> I was thinking Steve Irwin too, as somebody an Animal Man, you know what? To be yeah. fair, 1970, I, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Who else is the Animal Man, <laughs> yeah, Charles Darwin? I guess, Dar- I guess Darwin,
2: the original Animal Man, mm, yeah. All right, well, there's a record of Charles Darwin visiting the London Zoo in 1838 in which he observed an orangutan gazing at herself in a mirror. And he wondered, what is she thinking when she sees her own reflection? And so Mr. Gordon Gallup Jr. was like, I need to experiment. Um, So real quick, before we get into like a deep dive of Gordon Gallup Jr.'s experiment, the classic MSR in a nutshell. Animals are anesthetized, which just means like they get put like to sleep temporarily with anesthetics. Marked with a red dot on a part of their body they normally cannot see without a reflection. So let's say, like, forehead. Mm. I'm pretty sure most animals can't see their own forehead normally. And then they're given access to a mirror once they are recovered from anesthesia. If the animal touches or investigates the mark while looking in the mirror, this is seen as an indication that it perceives the reflection as an image of itself rather than another animal and therefore has the ability to self-recognize. Uh Mm Uh-huh. So this is the mirror test, or MSR, in a nutshell. But we're going to go into a deeper look of how Gordon Gallup Jr. started the whole thing. So again, in 1970, he first worked with two male and two female pre-adolescent chimpanzees, which, as you may or may not know, I hate chimpanzees. I think they're crazy animals. (laughs) And one of the few animals where I'm like, you're awful, I don't like you. Oh my god. (laughs) And none of these four chimps have ever seen a mirror before, presumably. Each chimp was isolated for two days on its own. And I didn't say why, but I'm assuming it's to, like, desensitize to everything. So it's not, like, you know, getting all rowdy from the other chimps or, like, getting too much interaction. So he wanted, like, a clean slate for them.
1: You're so anti-chimp. You're, like, just... just clear it's I hate thoughts. Them. It's I hate them. thoughts.
2: They, they've ripped people's faces off of their facial skeletons before. And they are one of the few mammals, aside from humans, that literally have tribal warfare and murder each other for, like, fun and for all that shit. Chimps okay, are insane and I hate
0: advanced. them. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds, yeah, it sounds pretty advanced. <laughs> yeah, like, that's really interesting. I want to hear about
1: that. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> change
0: your topic now
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah why are we fucking around with red dots <laughs> you, you can
2: talk about trimp chimp tribal warfare in the future i <laughs> refuse beyond just pointing out how it makes them evil creatures too similar to people anyway after being isolated for two days um he put a large mirror um in each room for 80 hours which translates to about like three and a half days to see how they interacted with them this is before any red dots or anything at first, the chimpanzees made threatening uh, gestures at their own images, which isn't surprising, really, because they're like, what the fuck? Um, and this was presumably because they saw the reflections as a threat. I'm sure if you were just isolated for two days and then suddenly you saw someone out of nowhere, you'd be like, ah!
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so that happened. But then um, soon after, like after they kind of kind of had time to calm down and get used to it. The chimps use the reflections for self-directed response behaviors. And this is basically the ability to regulate and adapt one's behavior in response to a given situation in their environment to achieve personal chosen goals. So, like, you're you're basically like, oh, this is interesting. I'm going to respond to it in a unique way that wasn't happening before. So Um, does
1: that mean, like, when you pass by a mirror and you suddenly like change your posture for example yes
2: yes that that is a good example of it yes Mm. um so some examples of these four chimps and what they did was they would start grooming parts of their bodies that they previously did not recognize without the mirror so they'd be like oh wait look at that and so they'd like reach over there and give it a scratch yeah 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 um they'd pick their noses which i i'm like when i read that i was like Do chimps normally not pick their noses? But I guess they were, like, literally observing themselves picking their noses, which was to them amusing. Um, (laughs) Along similar lines, they would start making funny faces at themselves, like faces they were not making before without a mirror.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. Yes,
2: yes. This is where it gets interesting. And then they would um, also blow, like, spit bubbles at their own reflections. (laughs) Which is kind of cute. We'll give them that. We'll give them that. Um, So then... Gallup was like, wait a minute, this is, this is fascinating. we got to build on top of this. Later, he would manipulate the chimps' appearance and observe their reactions in the mirror. So this kind of goes back to the classic MSR test that we use today now. Um, so he would anesthetize them, mark their entire brow ridge with virtually non-olfactory and non-tactile, which just means like undetectable via um, touch and smell backwards i said those backwards but you, you know same thing undetectable you, mm-hmm. like you wouldn't know there unless you had you wouldn't know it's there unless you had a mirror it was so red dye
1: sharpied a unibrow on them
2: basically a red unibrow yes <laughs> 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 and then- guys it's for science <laughs> science for science and then he would let them regain consciousness in the rooms without a mirror oh and by the way they they anesthetize them so that like they don't know when they wake up that something has been done to them Right. And they can't sense it. Otherwise, it would taint the experiment, because they'd be like, you definitely put something you on my forehead. Yeah. I felt that.
1: <laughs> yeah, or um, if you if they watched you bring the mirror in, right. they could learn like by watching the motion of the mirror.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. So th- these are legit experiments. He he did well. So for the first 30 minutes after they woke up um, without a mirror, he would record how many times they spontaneously touched their brow ridge where the dye was located, just to see if they were aware of it. And they really weren't. They, I mean, they would touch occasionally, but it was kind of like spontaneous and non-correlated, he thought. Then he reintroduced the mirror after 30 minutes and let them look at themselves and recorded the frequency of touching again. Touching increased between four to 10 times with the mirror present per individual chimp. Oh, shit. Or, uh, sorry, mean... up up to four to 10 times more.
1: But that must mean that the chimps have an idea of what they normally look like for them to know that there was something different.
2: Well, I think this is after they got they um they got used to the, like or like understood that the mirror was reflecting them and now that there was something red on them they were like holy shit that's yeah, me and now there's something different about me
1: yeah right right that's what i'm saying is that like for okay. them to know that something is different about them yeah, 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 yeah. they have to have like an idea of of self of like this is what i normally look like and right. then, now i look different than normal
2: yeah which is crazy yeah um, and on top of that on top of touching their red mark way more than before some would turn around and inspect the mark from new positions to get a better view of it and others would actively touch or rub it directly or wh- directly while looking at the reflection so they'd be like what the hell is this rub rub yeah, rub get rub, this rub. get this off of me yeah so really cool so according to Gallup, this showed strong evidence that chimpanzees, chimpanzees were capable of self-recognition however interestingly and i don't it wasn't really explained why this happened i mean i guess it's I guess we can infer later on but um when gallup later conducted a follow-up study that was very similar with two new chimps they did not show any mark directed behavior or an increase in awareness with the mirror present so this suggests that while a certain species may have a general aptitude for self-recognition with enough exposure it is still based on a per individual basis along with varied contributing factors weighing in on how they recognize hmm. yeah So that's kind of like his experiment in a nutshell. Well, not in a nutshell. I already did the nutshell. But his experiment more like, you know, delved in. Like how he got to where he was. So real quick, I'm going to go over the stages of passing the MSR, especially for these days. So when you're facing a mirror or an animal is facing the mirror, um, animals are seen as self-recognizing if they progress through four stages. And these are social responses, which you'll typically see aggression um, early on, especially if it's like a primate or something. Uh, vocalization, expected forms of communication based on species. So, some will like try to like start grooming or something like that, or like some will make postures and whatnot. Then you'll have physical inspection, which would like be like looking behind the mirror. And this I thought was really interesting. Are you guys familiar with Jean Piaget's object permanence, the concept of it? He was yes. a child psychologist. It's
0: the concept, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's basically like you understand that items and people still exist even though you don't always are directly looking at them. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like say like it's a chimp, they'd like go around the mirror and be like, wait a minute, <laughs> like what's going on here? So like physical inspection of the mirror and how it interacts repetitive. Uh, the next one would be repetitive mirror testing behavior. And this is where like they really start to be like, OK, something's happening here and somehow I'm controlling it. So like going in and out of view, moving around to see what happens, observing and comp- contemplating different parts of your your own reflection. Um and attempting to like interact with the reflection so like you'd see some like i actually posted in Bibnus, there's a little chimpanzee monkey or not chimpanzee yeah. chimpanzee baby and it's like poking at the mirror at itself so that would yeah. be repetitive mirror testing behavior and then um finally realization of uh like seeing themselves like they're like oh that's me like it finally happens where it clicks of, they're like that's me i self-recognize mm-hmm. so those are the four stages to pass the test those four: social responses, physical inspection, repetitive mirror testing behavior, and the final realization of seeing self. There are very few species who have convincingly passed the MSR. Very few. I
1: was gonna ask how many. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I, I don't have the number here, but I have like pretty much like the, the big ones in front of me. Okay. So, certain primates, um, which include bonobos, which are basically smarter chimpanzees yeah. that aren't oh, violent assholes. So-
1: oh, they have. Oh, Gene, I bonobo. They have such drama. (laughs) (laughs) They're
0: cute.
1: I'm fascinated by them. And did you know that the alpha male, when he's bested, gets exiled?
2: Oh, poor alpha male. Yeah, he
1: just, he has to go alone in like the apology corner for the rest of his life.
2: See, bonobos I would love to do a topic on, but chimps, they can get fucked.
1: I watched a documentary that talked about this, oh my God, please everybody who's listening to this, look up bonobo documentaries oh my god their drama is fascinating
2: have you heard the meme you boosted bonobo it's to like, <laughs> like you idiot because <laughs> you're like basically like an ape
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god like they'll get jealous of each other yeah they... they're so
2: cool and actually they're closer to us in dna than chimps are from what it. i understand yeah
1: i believe it they've got real housewives shit going on <laughs>
2: Um, so other primates include Bornean orangutans, which I love orangs. They're so cute. Um, again, chimps, uh, (laughs) gibbons and Western gorillas. Although the Western gorilla one might be kind of like eh, on the fence because they get very aggressive and territorial and it's hard to judge whether they're self-recognizing or if they're just like acting weird in front of a mirror.
1: But like, Hmm. was it silverbacks? Which ones are the ones who can learn sign language?
2: I believe Coco was a western gorilla.
1: Okay, it was a western because I actually went down a rabbit hole not long ago about Coco and like teaching chimps sign language. Like she's a chimp, no gorilla. Coco was a gorilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, teaching gorillas sign language, and it's not just Coco who knows how to speak. Actually, there's like a foundation of you know that that does this kind of research, and to me at least, this is not scientific. But to speak or to have those kind of memories or, you know, it does kind of refer to a knowledge of the self to, to speak about the self. Yeah. You know? Yeah.
2: Oh, I I'm going to end with something that's going to be very philo- philosophical. That's kind of up the alley where you're going to be like, Ooh, okay, wait good. a minute. Okay. Um, yeah. So those are our primates that have like very convincingly passed the test. Um, there's also, they did it on Asian elephants. They tested it on three and only one of them, passed the test the other two were like meh i don't yeah. i don't whatever <laughs> um yeah pigs apparently pigs um yeah. yeah pigs are so smart it's crazy they're like basically equivalent to dogs um dolphins orcas like cetaceans mm-hmm. uh the eurasian magpie which is a type of like it's not a crow but like it's in that family yeah. um pigeons with training like on their own they're kind of like what but like you can train them to self-recognize in a mirror um and then and then interestingly and i find this to be like not like mind-blowing but like it should be mind-blowing for most people because they think fish are fucking stupid manta rays and cleaner wrasse do you know what cleaner wrasse are
1: no No.
2: well there's a picture in bibness right now we can post it later on in patreon oh my
1: god this little fucking thing
2: it's a little fucking fish and it's these things i don't know if you ever watch nature documentaries for like oceans whatnot they're the little ones that like go into like big big fish's mouths and they clean out stuff from their teeth and they pick up peck off little parasites they're just like uh-huh. they're just like the cleaning crew of the ocean the little cleaner rats and they're they can really recognize cute. themselves oh my god yeah so I, I i wrote a whole little blurb about how i'm like this is crazy because they're fish and most people are like fish are fucking dumb all they do is swim around and eat things they're they're only good for eating they don't even feel pain or anything these fucking things are on par with us and looking in a mirror and and let me tell you why Here's, here's the experiment that, like, determined that they are 100% self-recognizing in a mirror. Scientists or researchers would inject a tiny bit of, like, brown dye under the fish's throat, like, very superficially. Like, they would—and and they would be anesthetized, by the way, so they had no idea. Like, they made sure that they wouldn't feel it. Without a mirror, they had no idea. If this fish did not see its own reflection, it was unaware of the mark and went about its usual activity. Seeing a mark on its throat in the mirror, in the reflection, elicited an immediate attempt to try to remove it on the substrate of the aquarium. Whoa! Then it would go back to the mirror and see if it was still there. If it managed to get it off, it was fine. If not, it would immediately go back and be like, get the fuck off of me. Wow! Wow! They cross-tested this with other fish, and so seeing another fish with that mark on their throat did not elicit the scraping action of its own because they were like well maybe like if they see another fish with it they'll they'll be like oh that's me i I, I gotta do it no they're like that's not me i know that's not me yeah we don't all all look the same right
0: fuck that is so convincing isn't that
2: (laughs) and it's it's a little fucking fish so that's wild yeah in essence this is like a human walking by a mirror and be like oh my god there's a smudge on my face what the fuck
1: but like what kind of blows my mind is like in nature, when would these fish ever have the opportunity to see themselves? Like why Bru- would they have developed that?
2: Exactly. Why? And this is this is this is what they're still trying to figure out and it's bizarre, but like the fact that they know and they're just like little fish that are like, I'm gonna clean you. That's my job. In the ocean I also, is cra- crazy.
1: I can't figure out how a manta ray would even see its entire body coming back so, to that.
2: They had to modify the experiment. I didn't go super into it because I was like, I'm only going to talk about the one fish and it's going to be the smaller one because people associate small <laughs> with stupid. And I'm like, that fish <laughs> is the size of your finger. And it's like basically able to recognize itself just like you are. Um I know I did re- I like I, I saw that the manta ray one was slightly modified because they are huge and awkward.
1: Yeah, but like
2: they they showed signs <laughs> of self-recognition in that experiment. We can look into it later, but yeah. Two two of the confirmed species in the entire world of the very few
1: are fucking fish. I was yeah, like, dogs and cats aren't on that list.
2: I- I'll kind of get into that in a second. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to do like a little soapbox side note thing where it's like there's continuous new research showing that like fish are really intelligent, curious, and social creatures. So fuck everyone who's like they're just dumb, dumb animals <laughs> who deserve <laughs> to be eaten on mass.
1: <laughs> okay. I love fish.
2: So we'll wrap up with criticisms, which I'll mention cats and dogs in criticisms of the MSR, and these are all very valid and interesting in their own right. Um, so some authors and researchers suggest that animals in the MSR tests may perceive their reflection as a separate entity altogether from themselves, which they can somehow control through their own movements, making them <laughs> believe that there's some omnipotent, like strong-willed being that can be like, ah, Are a I have
1: sociopath, dominion over <laughs> I'm you, a puppet master. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> So when the, reflection, re, when the reflection has a mark, the animal may attempt to alert the entity in the mirror of its presence and attempt to help remove it. So it's not actually seeing itself and being like, I got to get that off. It's like, mm. look, there's something on your forehead. Get it off.
1: <laughs> Do this. Do this. <laughs> yes, <Get it> <laughs> yes,
2: So that's one criticism. Um, the, apparently, the MSR – well, not apparently. It's definitely – the MSR is prone to false negative findings since it is strictly based on physical and visual stimuli. What, what, and this means like, this basically comes down to, you know, there's more than like visual and stimuli senses, like or visi- yeah. visual and physical senses, right? Like there's scent and sound. We talked about this in perception as well. Mm-hmm. Olfactory yeah, auditory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Many animals rely on those way more than visual dogs. For instance, as you said, their primary senses are olfactory and auditory. Like, Vision lags way behind. I think they see in like black and white or like grayscale or some shit like that and like not like super sharp. So the MSR doesn't take that into account at all. So dogs could technically. I know there's research saying dogs self recognize via scent, okay. but not vision, which is interesting in its own. Hmm. In its own
1: yeah, that isn't. Yeah, that kind of. Begs the question of, like, the criterion a little bit, but... Right.
2: But to be fair, the MSR is classified as just a visual-physical test, so... Yeah. Let's be a little fair. It's not meant to be
1: all-encompassing.
2: Right, exactly. Um, Another criticism is that the MSR tends to create an initial to prolonged prolonged aggression response in some species, like those gorillas, which prevents the animals from calmly considering what the reflection actually represents, because they're too busy being like fuck you, other oh, meat. You? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why almost every single monkey that has been tested has failed the test, because they're immediately like, blah,
0: like ah, I'm Time out.
2: to <laughs> um, I mean, cats do that. Sometimes. Cats will definitely do that. Actually, I think that was my spoiler, with the cat being like, fuck you, like jumping around <laughs> in front of the mirror. Yeah. Um, although the, the rhesus macaques, which I think we've talked about before on the podcast, are, are beginning to show based on like more like... Um, I guess not strict, but, like, more refined testing that they can self-recognize, actually, like, with vision. But not as well as the other species. Also, the red mark, if they use the red mark, which now they do in the classic MSR, may not be recognized as abnormal by animals. They just might be like, whatever, there's a red mark on my head, I don't care. Which, (laughs) which, Which I believe is totally valid as, like, a criticism. And actually... So this to it like anecdotally and I have another example. Anecdotally, I swear my cats know that that's them in the mirror. They just couldn't give a shit cuz yeah. cats. Yeah. <laughs> but then remember the three elephants and only yeah. one of them mm-hmm. passed? They think that only one of them took interest. The other two were just like, "Okay, great. That's me. I don't what do you want from me?" Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> <doing? laughs> <laughs> like, oh, great. Good for you. Can I get some food or something?" So, yeah, red the red dot doesn't necessarily mean anything to the animal, at, like, as mm. abnormal. They're just like, okay, well, whatever. That's a good point. Additionally, there are some animals that are blind, so that's kind of a problem. Like, certain fish, like, moles are blind. Like, they can't see themselves, so the MSR just doesn't work on them. And then I'm going to, la- uh, like, wrap it all up with this last thought, which is where it gets philosophical. Lastly, and this kind of, yeah, again, veers into philosophical debate territory, Does self-recognition via visual stimuli necessarily imply self-awareness? And a lot of people will say no. Do you know the difference between self-recognition and self-awareness?
1: So Hmm. one of them is to say, that's me in the mirror. But another one is to say, I am me.
2: Yes, basically. Self-recognition, you're like, I recognize myself apart from other people or like animals or whatever. Like, this is me, that's someone else. Self-awareness is like, you are aware of yourself as an entity what your thoughts are what your personality is what your beliefs are like what your emotions mm. are how you are autonomous in the greater world around you and a lot of people yeah. will say okay great like an animal can self-recognize but that doesn't mean they know shit about like who they are what they're feeling or whatnot which I- I don't know, like, again, philosophical debate. It's really hard to, like, know that without an animal being like, ah, I can suddenly speak your language, let me tell you. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> no, they people... will give you what for.
1: <laughs> it's actually very related to this, which is why I went down that cocoa rabbit hole the other day. Yeah. It was because I was telling Daniel about the this bird who asked – what color am I yeah. and it's kind of the same thing where like the bird sees itself actually in the video the bird sees itself in the mirror realizes that that is him so that's that's the first half of what you were saying I recognize that these motions are connected to my motions that's my yes. reflection but then he asked yeah what color am I you taught me all of these colors which one am I and that's even in. Crazy. That, it is and it's one of the very few examples of that self-awareness and that's why i started looking into coco because she would have you know full-on conversations about herself mm-hmm. but it coco is still sad
2: a... coco said oh it breaks <laughs> my heart
1: <laughs> it's still a very uh tricky question to disentangle even given the the different definitions because you can still get into like splitting hairs of like, okay, well, just because I'm asking what color I am doesn't mean that I understand, right? You know that that I am that I am, <laughs> like right. Descartes yeah. or whatever. You know, like yeah, it's not, um, it's not, it's not necessarily the same. And I don't think that there is a straightforward indicator of awareness. Right. It and is we'll, without
2: them just straight up telling us, we'll never know. It's why we can't research dreams in people themselves because everything has to be like, I remember personally this, and the other person just has to believe. Yeah.
1: Right. Have you ever seen the dog bunny?
2: The dog no. bunny.
1: Oh, no. this is. V- Wait, Very maybe? fascinating rabbit hole. So I think it was over the pandemic, maybe even earlier than that, a woman who teaches speech to children, like, you know, she, I think she's a speech therapist or something along those lines. Uh, she wanted to know if she could teach her dog words. And so she set up buttons on the floor that were oh. like food, water, I know this outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she set up really basic uh, buttons that have a recording of her saying these words. And the dog learned so much so quickly that I don't know how many buttons this dog is up to, but the floor is covered in them. And the dog basically makes complex sentences. Um, You know, like instead of barking at the door, it'll be like, you know, stranger outside or things like Ah! that. Or or danger outside, like tells (laughs) the owner what's going on. And I don't remember... Without paraphrasing exactly what the question was, but I'm pretty sure the dog asked something along the lines of like, "Why am I a dog?" or something, <gasps> something very self aware, <laughs> no. freaky.
0: That
2: for some reason kind of upsets me. <laughs> really. oh, no. Why? I, why am I the way that I am? <laughs> I don't. It's like, what I what might... depressed people ask themselves. Oh
0: no.
1: <laughs> I might be, you know, incorrectly paraphrasing, you should really fact check that. But it was very unsettling. And this is one of those dogs that kind of has like the human looking eyes. So I was like, I'm Ugh, done. I'm, I'm done. done with this I'm done. dog. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. This is great. great. You guys, this is such great. a nerdy
0: episode. <laughs> this is such a nerdy episode. You're right.
1: Love it. <laughs> well, I hope you guys liked this super nerdy episode, but especially if your name is Vixie, because we love hey. you, Vixie. Thank you we do for being Vixie. Our newest patron, welcome to the family. We are extremely grateful to you. And uh, for everybody else who's not Vixie, uh, you should also look in the mirror and evaluate (laughs) your life. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Anyway, come hang out with us. Go ask Alice Pod on Twitter. Uh, There's a link tree to all of our links. Come hang out with us on Discord. You can sub to our Patreon if you're not already. But if you are... We're really, really grateful to you. And we yeah, love you. Yeah, absolutely. Very much. I guess the free thing to do is just like write a review, subscribe, whatever. Tell your can friends. Do.
0: No. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. That's the one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're already talking to them about the show. Like, I know you're going to start saying Pappy Cack. <laughs> Pappy Cack. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. And we love Vixie.
0: We love Vixie.
1: We love Vixie. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. <laughs>
1: Now for some fun for the whole family.
2: I love you, Van.